Give them a minute. There it is. There it is. You might uh, take out some of your 4K and your 250 and get some of the ring out of it if you want to. I got a little bit of a deeper voice, so put a little bass in it. <clears throat> Make me sound human. Amen? Amen? How many are excited about Jesus this morning? Amen. About four of you. Let's try that again. Let me walk over here to this side of the room, see if anybody else is awake over here. How many of you over here are excited about Jesus? Yeah. Now, you say, Pastor Steve, why is, it excited? why is it so important to be excited about Jesus? Well, it's real simple. When you get excited about something, you'll talk about it. I don't think you got that. If you get excited about Jesus, you'll talk about Him. Huh? When Jesus is doing exciting things in your life, you'll talk about it. And he's doing some pretty exciting things right now. Amen? Oh, all five of you believe that. Hallelujah. Uh, I know that uh, we don't have a lot of time today. And so I'm going to get right into the importance of what I think the Lord has for me, has for you this morning. And... Uh, right after we pray. So here's what I want you to do with me this morning. If you would stand to your feet, raise your hands towards heaven, close your eyes, get your eyes on Jesus, push everything else aside. All the things that you haven't done, all the things that you have to do, all the things that are weighing heavy on you this morning, the battles that you're fighting, tasks that have yet to be completed. The wounds in your heart, the hurts, the words, the rejections, push them all aside this morning and fix your eyes on Jesus. And when you get your eyes fixed on him, I want you just to begin to sing out a new song to him for a minute. Because when you look into his eyes, there's a song that's going to rise up in your heart. And that song that rises up in your heart when you look into his eyes is your sound that will change your life. Soranamo kapodamo santo dei How we love you, Lord, we love you, Lord, we love you, Lord. Soranamo kaerere Holy Spirit, move in this place like a mighty wind. Let the fire of God rest. Come on, lift up your voice. Come on, lift up your voice. Sing out that song. Make that sound. That's your sound. Come on. 
The Lord recognizes your sound when you open your mouth. He takes note of the sound that comes out of your mouth. He hears it. And He attends His ear onto it. So Lord, this morning we step into, we step into your anointing with boldness and with confidence. We step in with boldness and with confidence, God. Oh, for the anointing that you have for these people this morning and for this word this morning, God, that it would go forth and cut deep into the hearts and lives of your people. God, that it would be a changing word, a life-changing, rearranging word. God, that would bring us into a place of presence. So, Lord, this morning, we're not looking at the circumstances. We're not looking at the things that are around us. God, we're not looking at even the things that we have in our hand or that the things we don't have in our hand. But, Lord, this morning, we are, our eyes are on you. We are fixed on you. You are the author and the finisher of our faith. So Holy Spirit, this morning, come and put us on like a pair of coveralls. Clothe yourself around us in the name of Jesus. Somebody give the Lord a shout of praise this morning. Come on. Lift up a shout of praise this morning. Come on. Hallelujah. 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 Glory, glory, glory. Shoo. Woo. Spirit of God's in this house this morning. You may be seated. Take your Bibles this morning. Turn to the 23rd Psalm. How many of you in the room know the 23rd Psalm? Can probably quote it by heart. Let me see your hands. How many don't know the 23rd Psalm? Let me see your hands. Okay, how many just too lazy to raise your hand? Let me see your hands. <laughs> All right. All right. We got it then. Turn to the 23rd Psalm. And if I had time this morning, I would take you all the way through the 23rd Psalm. There is so much in the 23rd Psalm that we miss just because we've known it since we were kids. And I want to take you this morning to the table of the Lord. Are you ready? Verse 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness, surely goodness and love will follow me. 
all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. There is a place that we as Christians need to learn to attend, and that is the banquet table of the Lord. So there are a couple of things that take place when we come to the banquet table. The first thing you have to realize this morning is that it is not about what you bring to the table. Did you hear me? It is not about what you bring to the table. It is about what the table has on it for you that he has already bought and purchased and brought to the table on your behalf. Amen. There is a banquet table that has been set. And there is a place at that table for every person that has accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Now, this revelation for me started years and years ago. And and how many know revelation is progressive? The Lord gives you what you can handle. And he works that in you. He works it through you. And and he gives it to you. And then he gives you a little bit more. And it becomes a progressive revelation. Somebody say progressive revelation. It began for me years and years ago. I was uh, on staff as a children's pastor. And I heard the Lord say to me one night. I was laying under the glory cloud in a service, and I heard the Lord say to me, I want you to fast for 21 days. And I said to the Lord, I said, do I look like I can fast for 21 days? I said, look at me. I said, I can't fast for 21 days. And the Lord said, I want you to fast for 21 days. And I argued with the Lord for about a half hour in his presence. And finally I said, okay, uh, I'll fast. He said, good, I want you to start on Monday. I'm like, (laughs) all right. So I started fasting on Monday the following week. And I got to day 10. And for whatever reason, day 10 has always been a, a problem for me in fasting. To the point that my lovely wife made me promise her that I would not fast more than 10 days ever again. Because at day 10, bad things happen. And uh, that particular fast, bad things happen. And my wife thought I was dead. And I woke up and she was crying over the top of me. Don't die. You can't die. You can't leave me. Don't die. I had passed out in the shower that morning, fell out of the shower, barely missed the countertop with my head. She remembers it. And uh, she helped me get into the bed, and I was sick. Day 10 came, and I was sick. And I was laying there in the bed, and I was praying that night. I said, Lord, if you don't help me with this fast, I said, I'm going to have to break it. I'm just sick. And instantly, as I prayed that prayer, there's the last word 
rolled off of my tongue instantly. I was in heaven, on the plains of heaven, and before me was a banquet table. On the other side of that banquet table, I don't know that I've ever told this to anybody. Uh, on the other side, you're just going to have to bear with me. The anointing comes, I weep a little bit. I leak out. On the other side of the table, Jesus was standing there, and I can still see him today, as clear as I could that day. He's standing on the other side of the banquet table, and he's got this huge grin on his face, and he's standing behind the table, and he says, Eat until your heart is content. And I looked down at the table, and in front of me on the table were all of my favorite foods piping hot. And I woke up the next morning. I didn't have any more pain. I wasn't sick. I was strengthened. I was renewed. I could have went 40 days at that point. I never had another problem in that fast. And I want to talk to you about the banquet table. Because it's a place that we can all visit. It's a place that God has already prepared for you and is waiting on you to step up and take your place at the table. Amen? And so when the psalmist says, He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies, I want you to see something here that takes place as you take your place at the table. When you step out of the battle in the presence of your enemies, how many, how many are fighting the battle? How many know that there's a battle raging in your life and, and you're just weary in it? Come on, let me see your hands. I want to make sure I'm preaching the right word to the right people. There is a place in the battle where the Lord is calling you to step out of the battle and come to the banquet table. Now you have to make a choice. You can choose to stay in the battle. Or you can choose to come to the table. You can choose to fight the battle in your own strength day after day after day. And you can continue to get beat down day after day after day until you just don't have any strength left. Or you can step out of the battle and come to the banquet table. Now here's what happens when you make that choice. If you make the choice to step out of the battle and come to the banquet table, the, the battle has to stop because you're no longer in it. The enemy has to stop attacking you. When you come to the banquet table of the Lord, there is no place for the enemy to attack you. The battle has to stop. You come to the banquet table, your enemy has to watch you be refreshed and renewed. Are you tracking with me? When you take your seat 
at the banquet table of the Lord, your enemy has to stand there and watch you be refreshed in his presence. As you're being refreshed. The Lord will say to you, the battle belongs to me. The battle is mine. And he will go out and dispatch your enemy while you're sitting at the table being refreshed. So let me just get this reiterated for you just real quickly kind of clear it up here. So when you make the choice to step out of the battle and come to the table of the Lord... Your enemy has to watch you be refreshed. The battle has to stop. You get to sit at the table and be refreshed in the presence of the Lord. And while you're being refreshed in the presence of the Lord, the Lord says, hey, the battle belongs to me anyway, and I will go out and dispatch your enemy. Because you made a choice not to fight the battle in your own strength, but to fight it at the table of the Lord. Are you with me? Are you seeing it? So you sit down and all your favorite things are right in front of you. And they're piping hot because the Holy Spirit knows what you need for the day. To refresh you. And to get you out of the battle. So the Lord goes and dispatches your enemy and then he comes back and the Bible says this, he anoints my head with oil. Do you know there are, <laughs> there are only three people in the Old Testament that ever got to experience the, the anointing oil of the Lord? Do you know who they were? The king, the priest, and the prophet. But Isaiah said, hey, there's a day coming when the anointing will destroy the yoke and lift the burden. And it will be available to anyone who wants it. It's no longer going to be just, just available to the king and the priest and the prophet. Even though in the New Testament, Jesus said, don't you know, in the book of Peter, he said, don't you know, you are a peculiar people, a royal priesthood. A holy nation. Kings and priests. When you get anointed, you begin to prophesy. Huh? Saul got anointed to be king. He began to prophesy. They made a statement about him. They said, who is this, this Saul? Is he among the prophets? He got anointed. Three people in the Old Testament, New Testament, it is available to everyone who wants it. Jesus stood up in Mark chapter or Luke chapter four in verse 18. He said, He said, uh, the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me because He has anointed me. Huh? So here it is. This is what it means. While you're sitting at the table, the Lord comes and He rubs you. With what's on him. He rubs you. With what's on him. The oil that's in the hand of the Lord. Woo. Shoo. 
He begins to rub on you. Until you're covered with what he's covered in. He anoints my head with oil. He rubs me with what's in his hand. He smears it all over me until I'm saturated in it. Until I'm saturated in it. And then he says, he overflows my brimming cup. My cup overflows. The Amplified Bible says my brimming cup overflows. Do you know what a brimming cup is? A brimming cup is a cup that has a bell on it so that when you overflow it, it just kind of goes to the edge. And he just keeps pouring that anointing on until you just overflow. He pours it on until you're saturated. He'll work it on you. He'll rub it into you. He'll work it on you so he can work it through you. And the more you let him work it on you, the more he'll work it through you. And this all begins with a choice that says, I am going to step out of the battle and come to the table of the Lord. I'm going to step out of the battle. I'm going to make the choice. I'm not going to fight anymore. I'm going to rest at the table. And my enemy has to watch me. I'm going to be refreshed at the table. My enemy has to watch me. I'm going to be rubbed at the table. And my enemy has to watch me. My brimming cup is going to overflow. And I'm going to have more than enough. And my enemy has to watch me. And before it's all done, I make a choice that says, I am going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Somewhere in the process, I realize that there is more to be gained at the table of the Lord than there is to be gained fighting the battle myself. Somewhere, somewhere in the process, my mind gets changed. Somewhere in the process, my thought processes get changed. Somewhere in this process, I become knowledgeable about the table of the Lord and I stop doing things in my own strength and I stop fighting the battle in my own strength. I stop trying to win the war in my own strength. And I start to rely on the strength of God. See, I have at the table, and it's not about what I bring to the table, it's about what the table brings to me, right? At the table, I have on my side two-thirds innumerable. I don't think you understood that. I have on my side two-thirds innumerable. Let me explain it to you. There are more angels in heaven than the angels that fell. We outnumber the enemy two to one. Huh? When we step into the battle with the armies of God, when we step into the battle with heaven, when, when we hear the sounds of angels marching and we go out into war, the angels fight the battle before us and we clean up all the... All the, the yeah, and I'll give you the interpretation to that in just a minute. We 
We pick up the spoils. Here's something for you to grab onto today. God didn't call you to fight his battle, but he did call you to pick up his spoils. I can show you scripture on that one if you want it. Second Chronicles chapter 20. The Lord told the children of Israel, send out the, the worshipers, send out the praisers before the army. And they began to sing praises to the, God, to, the, to the Lord God. Let me tell you what really happened. They stepped into the banquet table of the Lord. Huh? As they began to sing praises to God, the banquet table of the Lord was spread out in the presence of their enemies. As they began to worship the Lord, the banquet table was spread out. They took their seat at the banquet table as they began to, to sing praises to the Lord. And as they did, God caused the armies to come into confusion. And they turned on one another. And the children of Israel were three days picking up the spoils of that war. Not about what I bring to the table. It's about what the table brings to me. It's not about what I can do in my own strength. It's about what His strength on me can do. Huh? When I come to the table, when I make a choice to feast in the presence of the Lord, you've got to get a hold of this this morning. This is a choice we have to make every single day. This is your personal relationship with God. This is your choice to step out of the fight and enter your seat at the table. It's your choice to come before the Lord with singing, with praise, with shouts of glory. It's your choice to come before the Lord and read His Word and get your Word so deep in your heart that you might not sin against Him. It's your choice come to the table equally it is your choice to stay in the fight now I don't know about you but I would much rather sit at the banquet table than have to go to war Pastor Steve are you saying that there's never going to be a battle no that's not what I'm saying but I'm saying you're going to be better prepared for the battle when you've been at the banquet table. See, I've learned over the years, I take a little bit of different approach now to spiritual warfare. How many, how many, you know, you've heard about spiritual warfare? You know, I take a little different approach now. I do my spiritual warfare at the banquet table. Huh? <laughs> I don't think you heard me. Is this thing working? I take care of spiritual warfare at the banquet table. I get so filled up at the banquet table 
that when I step back into the battle, the enemy turns tail and runs because he can see the glory of the Lord that is on me. And he knows he cannot defeat me because I have made a choice. will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That, that begins with that choice, doesn't it? See, it's my choice to go dwell in the house of the Lord, but as I dwell in the house of the Lord, then it's His choice to come and make me His dwelling. Huh? Do you not know that you are the dwelling place for the Holy Spirit? You become the house of the Lord. When you come to the table, when you allow the enemy to have to stop and watch, when you allow yourself to be refreshed, when you allow yourself to be filled to overflowing, when you allow there to be more than enough, when you make that choice to be the dwelling place, come on, somebody shout. When you make that choice to be the dwelling place, the Lord comes and He makes His dwelling in you. When you allow the Lord to dwell in you, if God is for you, who or what can be against you? It doesn't matter what the obstacle is. It doesn't matter if it's sickness or disease. It doesn't matter if it's finances. Let me tell you something. If you're fighting a financial battle, my father, who I'm sitting at his table, owns the cattle on 10,000 hills. His he knows where the gold is. The gold is his and the silver is his. Money doesn't mean anything to him. He takes what we call precious and uses it for blacktop. If you run out, he'll give you more. I tell my wife all the time, I had a little conversation with God. It all belongs to him anyway. And he said I could spend some of it. If it truly all belongs to him, come on, if he really gave it to you, all you got to do is go to the Father and say, Lord, can I spend a little money? He'll say, yes, son, go ahead. If you run out, I'll give you some more. But be careful with that because at times he'll come to you and say, son, I need you to give this over here. Huh? And it might be something that's dear to your heart. You might be standing in the line at Walmart. And the Lord might speak to you and say, I want you to buy that lady's groceries. And she's got three heaping carts. And you'll argue with God. And then you have to ask yourself, if it all belongs to God, why am I Why am I arguing? I'll just be obedient. And the sooner you're obedient, the sooner you become obedient, the easier it is to become obedient when the Lord speaks and says, go do. Huh? Because it all belongs to Him anyway. The Bible says everything in the earth belongs to God. Take out your wallet, your checkbook, your purse, hold it up. Does it belong to God? Are you sure? 
Because if it does, he'll make sure that you always have more than enough. Where does it come from? The banquet table. How do I get there? I step out of the battle. And I make a choice to come before the Lord and feast in his presence. So, Pastor Steve, is it really that easy? Yes, it really is. It becomes a choice in your daily walk with God to pick up your Bible and begin to read. It becomes a choice in your daily walk with God to spend time in worship and in prayer. Now, let me just give you a footnote here. This is not something that you have to do. This has to become something you want to do because you love His presence. It's not something you have to do. It has to be something you want to do because you love His presence. Are you with me? Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord. I could take another hour and go into surely goodness and mercy, but I'm already over my time. So I'm going to stop right there. I, I wish I had a little more time to develop the rest of that for you, but I really feel like I've given you what God wanted you to hear today. And now it's time for you to step out of the battle. time for you to make that choice doesn't matter what your battle is if it's sickness disease if it's finances if it's just daily life if it's family members whatever doesn't matter it's your choice to step out of the battle and come to the table of the lord bow your heads with me this morning father we loose the anointing that destroys yokes and lifts burdens in this house right now and we lose freedom. Freedom from sickness and disease. Freedom from financial strain and bondage. Freedom from rejection and hurt. Freedom from things we don't even know we're holding on to. God, put your finger on our heart this morning and reveal to our hearts and our minds the things that we need to be set free from in the name of Jesus. Reveal them to us now, Lord. So that we can come before you free, uninhibited, and feast at your banquet table. In the name of Jesus. Yeah. So if you're here this morning and you're in a battle, we want to pray for you. We want to lay hands on you. We want to break you free of the enemy and show you your seat at the table. So if you're here this morning and you want prayer, you're in a battle, you want prayer, would you just come? Just come right now, stand to your feet, just meet us here at the front, and we'll pray with you. There's something.